Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Your Mother Ate My Dog, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and today I'm pleased to bring you a conversation with the host of the podcast, Your Mother Ate My Dog, Jesse. Today we have an intimate one-on-one sit-down interview where we discuss a specific film. Uh, Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. I really appreciate you having me on the show today. This film, um, I know you're a big Riddick fan. Huge. Uh, you have watched the first, second, and third movies, I'm sure. Well, I've definitely watched the second. I can't uh, really speak to the first and third. Um, something that I remembered as I was doing research for what we're going to talk about today. Um, the character's name, the main character's name is Riddick. Mm-hmm. Um, his actual name is like Richard B. Riddick or something. Uh, Dick Riddick, if you will. Yes. Um, but it reminded it reminded me of um, wow. <laughs> it reminded me of <laughs> of a man who died recently, uh, Lance Reddick. Um, do you you know who Lance Reddick is? Um, he's an actor. Yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, I was in the John Wick movies. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, in yeah. Lost for a bit, uh, mm-hmm. The Wire. Mm-hmm. I know him. other shows. Uh, so their names are similar. They are. Is it fate? Or did we bring upon his demise? No, I think he picked the movie. Well, it would have been around the same time as he died. So Maybe, Maybe right as I picked so. it. Yeah. He's in the new um, White Men Can't Jump movie that's coming out this year. Oh, that sounds. that's a movie that needed to be remade, for sure. Didn't Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes just, you know, do it well the first time? Yeah, I think that was a... I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm sure it was a, a good movie. I don't think it's supposed to be that great. Well, let's see what... Um, see what Rotten Tomatoes says about it. I have a bone to pick with Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, when we... when we Later on. Um, because you didn't like how they scored this movie? Just, uh, I think, how they just rate films in general just seems to be wrong we have noticed that um it's been less than accurate white man can jump has a 77 percent score okay so it's probably a steaming pile of garbage if it's that's what ron tomatoes gave it maybe looking back at it in the year 2023 sure yeah tough to know without watching it have you seen any movies recently I'm so glad you've asked. I've, including this film, I've watched five films since we've last spoken. Well, tell me more. Well, I'll go in reverse order. So today, obviously, I watched The Chronicles of Riddick, finished just 45 minutes ago. Yesterday, I watched Paddington, the first one, in preparation to get around to watching the second one. I've heard so many good things about. The first one was very good. Right, because of unbearable, or the unbearable weight of massive talent. I had heard about it, it before, actually, watching that movie. I had heard it was good. Before that, I watched Singing in the Rain, the classic from, I think, 1953 or something like that. That was very good. Like, very, very good. It made me realize how talented actors were back then. They just could do so many things very, very well. In this case, singing and dancing. 
So that was a very um, nice film. The one before that, I watched The Florida Project. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I have not. It's pretty good. There's a lot of like screaming children. So if you don't like the sound of screaming children, I would probably not recommend it. But other than that, it was good. And then another film, the first film I watched, uh, I guess after our last episode, is a movie I know you've watched, The Lobster. I haven't actually seen it. Oh, I guess maybe you were talking about watching it for the podcast, maybe, or something? It It is on my list, yeah. That movie is a strange movie. And I had a bit of a strange experience watching it, because I watched it while I waited in the emergency room at uh, Royal Jubilee Hospital, the place I work. Oh, go on, well, you say? Am I going to ask, yeah, should I be asking questions? Well, I guess... Um, Last Friday, this was, we were, um, I go to races a lot, outrigger canoe races. And part of that process is you have to load the canoes you're taking to the races, like on a trailer. And we do that at a place called Songhees Point, right near the club. And basically, you, you, t- you paddle it up to the beach, and then you lift it up, and you take it over to the trailer. Well, on this beach, very rocky beach, there's a lot of barnacles. It's like not a very clean beach and I was wearing flip-flops and I just kind of sliced my foot open on a dirty particle and as such I was warned and I mean had my own worries about tetanus because I haven't gotten a tetanus shot in 20 years and I was uh, worried enough about it that I went and got an emergency tetanus shot so I waited a good five hours in emergency while I got a tetanus shot. And what better way to do that is than to watch at least one film, which is what I did, The Lobster. Do they have good Wi-Fi there? Um, it was not a good viewing experience. A lot of very laggy and, I mean, it was a two-hour movie. And it took like three hours to watch. But I mean, what else was I going to do? Is that the only way to get a tetanus shot is to go to the emergency room? You can, Some pharmacies do, like you can book an appointment and go there. But the thing was, the next day I was going for a race in Nanaimo. And I've had time to go to a pharmacy and get the shot. So I figured it'd probably just be best just to get it that day. And I mean, it was a pain in the ass, but it was just for peace of mind mostly. And how's your foot now? It's fine. To be honest, the cut wasn't like that that bad. There's like a you know scab going on, but it didn't it didn't really hurt too bad. It was mostly just like it was pretty dirty cut. Do you think tetanus shots have like a one hundred percent success rate? I think so. It's about yeah, virtually one hundred percent for tetanus and ninety seven percent for diphtheria. Don't know what that is, but doesn't sound pleasant. So yeah, that was those were the movies I watched since the last episode. Now, what about you? Did you watch any movies? Uh, yeah, but before we get into that, um, what do you think of the lobster? The lobster was. If you, had, if you had to give it a score, if I were to give it a score, I would give it probably a seven point five. I think yeah, I think it would be a good podcast movie, but uh, we just haven't gotten there and. 
sounds like we're not ever going to get there now. So I thought for sure you had said you'd seen it. I'm sorry to ruin that for you. I've had but, plans to see it um, see. recently, but I've uh, we ended up watching um, something else instead. So oh, we watched. I watched the menu a second time instead of watching um, the lobster. Oh well, it's your own fault. Then I can't. I don't feel guilty. The menu is a great movie. Uh, you should watch it. I've heard good things. Yes. I've been in the um, movie watching mood lately, so I might get to it. I have seen three movies. Um, not since we watched Mulholland Drive, but since we watched Super Mario Brothers. Okay. But we didn't talk about it last week, so. Okay, well, hit me with it. Uh, the the first movie, the, the one that I watched most furthest away from today, mm-hmm. Knock at the Cabin, uh, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm a big M Night Shyamalan M Night Shyamalan fan. M N S guy. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It could have been a lot better. Um, it's pretty hit though, there's, There was there was a lot of like a good premise, a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. It just didn't didn't hit as it was based on a book. Um. But you completely change the ending. I give that one like a 7.5 as well. Okay. Um, then I watched a newer, another newer movie, kind of like a horror comedy movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard you of may that have one. seen while, you know, going through, I think it was on, I think it's on Prime or Netflix. I don't one of them. It okay. was okay. Uh, it was a 7 out of 10. It's like a, okay. it's like one of those horror movies in a cabin. Right. But they kind of did it a little different, uh, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent movie I watched uh, was The Whale. Ah. Brendan Fraser won Best Actor. It was, you know, it was a little sad movie, a little, little sad film to, I think I watched it last weekend, last Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. Gave that one an 8.1 out of 10. I've heard it's pretty sad. Do you think, uh, was it an Oscar-worthy performance, do you think? I think he definitely deserved to be nominated and perhaps even win. Okay. Well, he did good. great. Okay, cool. I was thinking, uh, speaking of Brendan Fraser, I was thinking of going back and watching George of the Jungle, which is a movie I adored as a child. Uh, have you seen Encino Man? I have not seen Encino Man. I've seen clips of Encino Man, but not the whole thing. Um, Kihu Kwan, who won um, Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere All at Once, is apparently mm. in Encino Man. Was he really? There's a picture of them in that film, and they're like, oh, future Best Supporting Actor and Best Actor. I don't know. We can do Encino Man for the podcast at some point. I'm going to have to go back to the 90s. Yes. And, and I don't know if I've seen that movie. To a definitively bad film. I think that's supposed to be pretty bad. Oh, for sure, yeah, but that's okay. We do that around here sometimes. Um, speaking of Chronicles of Riddick, I'm just kidding. Am I? Doesn't sound like you are. Um, hard to say. Hard to say. This is a movie that I watched a week ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my bad. That's okay. 
Well, anything else uh, you have? Anything else happening with you? It's um, almost April. Happy spring equinox. Yes, we had, uh, last week we had one very lovely day. It was very nice and, dare I say, warm. And then it's kind of been like a, on a downward spiral since then. It's been like kind of chilly lately. This but week we is supposed to be warm. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, we caught a glimpse and then um, I am looking forward to it coming back. But beyond that, I don't really have anything too exciting to report. Just my tetanus shot. I guess that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, it's thrilling. I know. Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. 2004. Not to be confused. Yeah, not to be confused with the Chronicles of Narnia. Which is what I want to call it. Is it the Chronicles of Riddick? Or is it, yeah, it is the Chronicles. Mm-hmm. How do you like Vin Diesel? In general or in this film? Um, in general, before seeing this film, what was your Vin um, Diesel? He's kind of, I've seen like some clips lately of him, like in interviews. He's kind of like a bit, he's kind of creepy, like towards women. Have you seen any of those interviews? No. I mean, it could have been picking out uh, particularly egregious cases of him being a little uh, awkward and uh, perhaps a little too forward with women interviewers, but I don't know. I, f I feel like if, if I what I saw to the level I saw, it might just be um, a thing he does in general. So that's kind of what I've been, my impression of him lately. I haven't seen a whole lot of films with him in it. I've seen one of the Fast and Furious movies and I don't think anything else. Have you seen his Hot Ones episode? No. Because there isn't one. Oh. Well, that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah, that is that is a very telling. That's very telling. I did watch the Pedro Pascal one. It was very good. It was very good. It was quite funny, especially at the end. It was one of my favorite like endings, you know, where you like look into the camera. And... Quite yeah, good. he's just he's just the best. I love him. How do you feel about Vin Diesel in this movie? Um, he had his moments. Um, there was a good mix of bad moments and good moments, I would say. Um, okay. Yeah, that's all I got to say. No, are we diving? Are we? In, are we getting into it now? You want to go full on into the Chronicles of Riddick? Um. Yeah, unless you want to talk about something else. No, no, there's nothing else I want to talk about. Read any good books lately, or I haven't been reading a ton lately. I get into, I get into like moods, you know, like just like this last week. I've been in watching a lot of movies. And it's been a while since I've been in a book reading mood, but when I do, I, I tend to watch. I mean, um, read a few anyway. But it's been a while. Ted Lasso season three is back. Oh yeah, we have a Ted Lasso to watch. Sorry. Uh, okay, so yeah, Chronicles of Riddick. Let's just dive right into it. Right. So if let's just talk about this at the, from the beginning as strictly a action film. Did you think this delivered as an action film? Um. Yes, I guess mm -hmm. as an action film, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was wouldn't have been disappointed. I mean, there's a lot of action in it. There was a lot of action. I, I, 
I felt myself a few times being like, man, if I was watching this in theaters, it would be like even cooler. There was moments where I thought it was, I was watching something that was cool. And then I was like, wow, if I was watching this in the theater, it would be like amazing probably. Yeah. There was some like moments visually where it, it was, it seemed like it was ahead of its time almost. Yeah. This came out in 2004. It looked quite good for most of it. I mean, there was some, some not so great parts, but overall it looked quite, quite good. And I, it made me also think that the budget for this movie must have been astronomical. It was over a hundred million. I think, I think it like it hit, um, it broke even basically. Yeah. The budget was between 105 and 120 million and the box office was 115 million. Okay. Uh, somehow filmed in Vancouver. I don't know. Like, I guess, because it's mostly underground situation. I guess. So. I guess on a set. Was there, is there a set in Vancouver? I don't know. There must be. There was, um, there was a lot of set pieces. Like, they, they made a lot of sets, which were quite impressive, I thought. The costuming and the sets, I liked a lot. Was it, yeah. Was it, that was a check mark for me. That was good. Of course, um, I feel like what uh, the biggest problem with a lot of action films is the is typically the acting isn't very good, which is, which is probably where this movie struggled the most. Would you say? Um, I would say the acting was not good. Right. There were there's definitely no performances that stood out as like purely good. They were all pretty. Bad. There was a couple that were okay, but yes, overall, not very good. Yeah, I know Vin Diesel's an actor. I just don't, I just don't see it. I haven't seen many of the Fast and the Furious films, but like acting probably isn't that big on the on the spectrum in those films, right? So, I have seen Fast Seven. That's the only one I've seen, which is probably a little strange, but. This, no. this movie, I will say, it definitely made me, it like, it hinted towards the first film enough times where I'm kind of interested to watch the first one now. And I guess maybe that's a, a bit telling as to how I feel about this film overall. I did, I would say I had an enjoyable experience overall. Which her, name, I think, hmm? her name was Jack and now it's not. Right. Her name did change. Her name did change. Yeah, I feel like um, probably I liked this film better than you. The way I'm, I'm hearing you talk about it. Well, it just seems like th this is the kind of movie that that Jesse picks and Jesse scores better. We've mm -hmm. had this a few different times. Mm -hmm. um, because I think you just like these kind of movies more than I like these kind of movies. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I guess, and I guess especially lately, I've been very good with uh, just being in the right headspace for watching this type of movie. Like, I just like, you know what, I know the acting's going to suck, but what else can I appreciate about it? And then I end up really appreciating a lot of the other things about it. I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing to get into. Like, we talked about expectations a lot. Mm -hmm. I actually had high expectations going into this movie because I've heard a lot of good things about Chronicles of Riddick. Um, mm -hmm. For people that who I live with, like this is a big movie in their family for some reason. Okay. Um, 
very excited to be like, oh, we're going to watch this movie, which I was not, I was very surprised to hear. Um, so I was expecting like a good movie mm-hmm. and maybe that is why the score maybe will be, it'll be less than. It's definitely going to be less than mine. If that's what you're about to say. Um, yeah, I guess I spoke to a couple of people about this movie and most people are go, oh yeah, it's like, it's all right. So, um, I mean, that's, that's within how I feel about this movie, I would say. It's not too, right. not too far off. It's not terrible. I'll say that. And um, I guess, yeah, part of the thing I was, I started at the, at the top was my bone to pick with Rotten Tomatoes. I just feel like their scores have been pretty wrong lately. And, and, and then as I look as, at the IMDb scores, but a lot closer to what I've been giving movies. Um, but so I we do... should be going by the MDB scores, not the Rotten Well, Tomatoes I mean, scores. we've been going by Rotten Tomatoes for so long. But I guess it has helped a little in terms of, I guess a, a part of the problem I, I would sometimes have with films is like, okay, I'm going to watch this film and I'd look it up and immediately, I mean, what happens when you Google a movie? Immediately the Rotten Tomatoes score shows up. And that immediately influences uh, I guess how you're going to, you know, it's going to set expectations for you, but since it's been so um, unreliable lately, I guess it does, hasn't really been affecting how I feel about uh, going into the film. So that's been a, a good thing, I suppose. Um, I know you said last episode that we wouldn't have had to see pitch black. The first one, mm-hmm. I think it would have, it would have helped. It probably would have. I, there was definitely a lot more alluding to the first film than I thought there would be. Because I even asked somebody at my work who had seen, who's seen all three. I was like, do I need to have seen the first one to watch this one? He's like, no. Nah. I mean, I guess you didn't have to. I mean, it, it made sense, but there was definitely a lot of like, oh, this is a character from the last one. And so was this one. And oh, this person died. Remember? And it's like, oh. No, I don't as a casual as a casual viewer it wouldn't have mattered but we're like a pretty serious movie podcast so it would have mattered yeah, like uh, Keith David's um, character and Jack slash Kyra mm-hmm. two I guess bigger characters in pitch black who didn't seem like they weren't anything really in this I mean Kyra a little bit because she played a role in the ending but I didn't appreciate her or him as much as I would have if I had seen the first movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to watch the first one. Apparently it's a bit more like a more of a horror movie than it is a action movie. It wouldn't have as much of a budget. That is true. Um, the Rotten Tomato score is quite more quite bigger than um, the Chronicles of Riddick. Mm -hmm. Um, It's directed by the same guy. It's directed by um, the same guy who directed Waterworld. Oh, a known uh, box office hit. Oh, sorry. He wrote Waterworld. Oh, well. He also wrote The Fugitive starring Harrison Ford. Oh, see, that's a good movie. So he's had some stinkers and he's had some winners. Um, There is 
a, a there's a fourth Riddick movie coming out. Um, it was announced in February, so it should be coming in the next few years. That's great. I bet you. I assume that the um, the announce the announcement of that film is why Chronicles of Riddick is on Netflix right now. Would be my guess. It's like, oh, there's a fourth one coming out. Oh, I should really watch some of these Riddick movies. Like, oh, hey, look, one's on Netflix. I assume those coincide with each other. Maybe. Um, do you know that Vin Diesel's real name is not Vin Diesel? Uh, I could have guessed. What's his real Mark, name? Mark Sinclair. Yeah, that's a way worse actor name. He had just been in... Um, well, he... he Pitch Black 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did the first Fast and the Furious movie come out? If I were to guess, before you find out, confirm, probably 99 would be my guess. 2001. So Pitch Black mm-hmm. came out first. Mm-hmm. Then Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess Fast, the success of Fast and the Furious um, was why Chronicles of Riddick got made with a budget as big as it did, I think. Because like Triple X came out in 2002. So Vin Diesel was the hottest man in the right. world. Right. And then he did The Pacifier in 2005, which I guess ruined his career. I haven't even heard of that movie. I saw that movie in theaters. 2005 The Pacifier is an American family action comedy film. After a failed rescue mission, Navy SEAL Shane Wolf, played by Vin Diesel, is assigned a babysitter to the dead man's family. Signed as babysitter. Um, he's, he fights off Serbian rebels, which probably excites your family. Okay. Um, Vin Diesel net worth. How much do you think Vin Diesel's worth? Um, $600 million. Uh, No, $225 million, according to... Celebrity net worth. Well, good for him. He's worth 10 times more than Paul Walker. So. Paul Walker's also started in Fast and Furious, but he died in 2013. Yes, he's dead. Okay, so did you like, how did you feel about the story for Chronicles of Riddick? The story I thought was kind of pretty interesting. Uh, sorry, going back to Vin Diesel. Um, okay, let's he go was, back. He was nominated for a Razzie Award uh, for Worst Actor at the 2004 Golden Raspberry Awards. For so this like, movie? For this movie, yeah. What? Um, worst act, Worst Actor, but he lost to George W. Bush uh, for Fahrenheit 9-11. Okay. The Michael Moore movie. Right. Uh, anyways, yeah, this story. I, I got... It just, it seemed like they packed a lot into two hours. It was go, mm-hmm. go, go. It didn't give us any yes. time to, to breathe, which that I thought was true. a negative. Hmm. I kind of like that. I mean, as an action movie, what, what's the worst part about action movies where they're not doing shit? But that's just Right. Um, yeah. I guess if you wanted... Like, if you if you go back to another Jesse favorite movie um, from this year, Idle Hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of well. Maybe I shouldn't. The scores might be the same for me, but um, 
it just for me anyways it was i like to breathe a little bit for okay. me because because like i don't know really what's going on and it's it's quite fast and i like to you know give the characters some work right um like like tombs like he was kind of an interesting character but they kind of just yeah threw a whole lot at us with him so that's true i did like tombs but yeah it was like you would think maybe the what was going on between riddick and the lord marshal like that whole storyline would be the whole film and then they put tombs and like you know the mercs in it as well and i guess it does perhaps become a little busy so i can see that and not Thank enough you. time and i did did feel like there wasn't enough time because i thought tombs was one of the more interesting characters but maybe he was i think he was maybe perhaps one of the better actors like the uh, better perf- best performance he had some there was some bad writing um, which i think might have been part of the pro- part of this film's problem in general and so you can tell when you know he's got to say things and you're like yeah that wasn't his fault that was just given a bad line but beyond that i mean i thought he was pretty interesting i wish there was more of him yeah um yeah he's in, he hasn't done a whole lot um of stuff I, I didn't recognize him but no one person i did recognize in this movie who i feel like every movie i've seen him in save for perhaps um, one film series he's like just terrible in everything he's in you know who i'm talking about um are you talking about like the main lord marshall guy no carl urban well you haven't seen the boys i haven't seen the boys is he good in that he's excellent in that it's the whole show i just feel like he's like he's like gerard butler he's just like in every shitty film because he has an accent he didn't have an accent in this movie but he's he's from new zealand i think but man he was bad yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. But I mean, I, the, I mean, I like him in Lord of the Rings, but they don't give him too many lines in that that movie. So makes sense if he's New Zealand. Yep, that does make sense. So yeah, you know, I mean, Judy Dench is in this. Yeah, I was about to say, Judy Dench, she was pretty good. I mean, it would make sense. She's a pretty well regarded actress. Why would she want to be in? this movie um like what sold her on this movie i think i don't know i don't know if she's done a lot of films like this sometimes i guess (laughs) i guess sometimes you just gotta you know you gotta pay the bills i mean she's a dame you should get paid for that i don't know she's still alive yes she is She she just did a movie like last year Belfast, or was, I guess that was a couple years ago. She was in Cats. Sure, yeah. Uh, Colm Fior, uh, Lord Marshall, a, a Canadian actor. Looks a lot like Pierre Trudeau. In a way, um, yes. He's the dad in Umbrella Academy. That's what I know him from. 
uh, show that you hate now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, acting. You know, acting was my score. You know, it's it's middle of the road for acting. Acting was middle of the road. Vin Diesel. He. The Riddick, the main character, the movie should revolve around him. Mm -hmm. I just, it was hard. It's hard for me to get behind Richard. Yeah, I would say, like I said before, I thought a lot of the problem was the writing. And there was like some bad lines. Like, it's been a while since I've smelled beautiful. It's like, good Lord. That's the stupidest line I've ever heard. I rolled my eyes on that one. But like he was told, I mean, how could anyone make that a cool line? That's just like, you're just setting one up for disaster. And there, I mean, there was a couple other like that. I thought, I thought perhaps in general, his performance wasn't like dreadful. No, but like you're right. Five not, out of 10. Yeah. Like not amazing. You would maybe want a little more out of the lead. Um, yeah, what else? Story, we talked about acting, we talked about filmed in Vancouver, took place in the year 2593. Very specific. Um, the, there was some green screen stuff that was pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, him going down a rope uh, or when he was at kind of the beginning of the film when he was caught and tied to a rope and he was doing like, well, they, they lowered him down. Mm -hmm. It looked fake, but then he was doing like the weird flips to get back up the rope. Yes. And that was pretty, it was pretty, that, that was cool. Okay. It was I'll cool. give him that. But. I liked that whole like prison sequence. I thought that was kind of pretty fun. I mean, it was weird when they put, there was like those, I don't know what they were, beasts. They just like let loose. Those looked kind of bad. I didn't really get why they were doing that. But it was kind of cool seeing like when they were on the surface, you know, like the the fire was coming because it was so Crematoria? Hot. Crematoria. Yeah. yeah, I like the whole crematoria thing. The issue with that, and it, perhaps this is an issue with me watching movies um watching sci-fi movies in general but shouldn't shouldn't vin diesel have been burned yes yes it was not a very realistic very true that's okay we're we're past that oh okay yeah. yeah um yeah yeah there's not i don't um i guess just i wanted to reiterate perhaps a little was the, i thought the costuming was cool and the sets were cool. Just to reiterate on that, I found myself enjoying those. Um, the film's broader fantasy elements um, came from Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, apparently, Vindy's a little big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. Uh, Judy Dench was performing at the Haymarket Theater, which is. I guess in England, mm -hmm. uh, Vin Diesel sends her flowers um, with an offer to be in Chronicles of Riddick. And then she said, yes. So flowers won Judy Dench over. 
well, that's all it takes, I guess, sometimes. We watched the shorter version, um, but there is a director's cut, which is longer. Mm -hmm. Don't know what what more that gives us, but... It was pretty long for an action movie as it is. It was like two hours. I think it could have, they could have spaced it out and made that, made it two films. Yeah. But, you know, that's fine. Yeah. A sequel comes out 10 years later. Uh, Dave Bautista, who's in Knock at the Cabin, is in that movie. Mm hmm. So is Carl Urban. Oh, yeah. He returns. I will. I, I will say I'm. I'm definitely going to watch at least pitch. What's it called? Pitch black. Uh, pitch. Pitch black. Yeah. Which yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind of what you see when you're asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. It's not on anything, so you'll have to. I'm sure the pick a flick has it. This I would also like to say it was the first film in a while I didn't rent from pick a flick. Thank you, Netflix. Yes. I like some of the movies were on definitely on things, but I rented them anyway. But I was like, yeah, why spend? I don't want to spend money. I mean, I, I, I like did the math. I spent five dollars every week for 52 weeks. You know, that really adds up. It does add up. Yeah. It's like you can, you can buy the place. Yeah. Um, and no the time. App, they do have two versions of Pitch Black, a DVD and a Blu-ray. Well, that is just, that's so exciting. And maybe they'll have the film that you're picking. Have you checked that already? Um, the film that I'm picking is on Prime. Do you have Prime? I do. It's on Prime. Okay. So that's it's also on Stars. Uh, in case yes. you finally have Stars. But it would, it would have... Um, it would most likely be in uh, Pick a Flick because it is a movie for, um, from the decade of the 2010s. Okay. Well, do you want to get on to our final scoring? Um, yeah, sure. If, you, okay. if that will make you happy. It would. Um, okay, well, since you made me go first last time, you can go first this time. Okay. Chronicles of Riddick. I'd be happy to. Um, so for acting, yes, it was not amazing. And of course, um, I do like to try to give it a little bit of credit in that it is an action movie. And maybe perhaps acting is not really what you're going, you're, you're going to the film for, but that does not necessarily, that doesn't mean that the acting has to be bad. I've seen action films with, with good acting before, like, I don't know, True Lies and The Mask of Zorro, perhaps to name a few. This one, there was, yeah, I thought perhaps the bigger problem was the writing. There were some terrible, terrible lines. No one could have delivered them well. And um, But the acting wasn't so bad that it was all I noticed. There was definitely problems with it, but it was not uh, like detrimental to the film. I think for acting as we sort of discussed before and we were sort of uh, alluding to, it's kind of like right down the middle acting. I'd, I'd give it a five. 
yeah, five, huh? Um, I, I still think Vin Diesel's a good actor. He's just like a guy who has a has a look, a specific look, mm-hmm. and they just pay him millions of dollars to kind of talk in a deep voice and right. shoot guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but since he is, you know, the star of the movie, he needs to be an intriguing character that you want to watch and root for. But it just didn't hit the way that it should have hit for me, and I think that maybe negatively affected the overall score for acting for me. Um, nobody else really stood out with a good performance. I mean, Judy Dench, sure. Mediocre all all around, and I think that kind of brought me down. Um, so I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Okay, okay. I will briefly say, as it, as it does sort of pertain to acting, this movie does definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. I don't even think, well, the women don't even talk to each other at all. I don't think um, there is one scene where um, Judy Dench and Thandie Newton, um, they are talking. It's the scene where Judy Dench is, you know, she can oh, right. move. Thandie Newton opens a door, like a floor door, right. and she passes past it. But, but they might be talking about a guy. They're, they're definitely, talking about Riddick. So. They're definitely talking about Riddick. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go first for ending. Oh sure. Okay. I give ending a five out of ten. Um, I the so the whole soul extraction stuff in interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord Marshall, you know, a bad villain. You want him to die. He and he dies, and we all knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did have a hard time remembering the ending. So like pulling a Jesse, um, <laughs> the ending happens like a day later. I, I, I didn't really remember what happened, right. which I guess is not a, not a good thing. No. But then I looked it up a little bit and I'm like, okay, well that's fine. So five out of 10. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Not too far off for me as, for me as well. Um, the ending, I thought it was a little, uh, kind of cool that, um, I guess they were both going for the, the Marshall. What's his name? <laughs> Something Marshall. Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, both Carl Urban's Vaco and Riddick when they were fighting um, Lord Marshall at the end, and like Riddick predicts where he's going to go, gets him on the top of the head with a knife. That was kind of cool, but then that's like right where it, it kind of just ends right there. And then all the people bow to him because he killed the Lord or whatever. Sets yeah. up a sequel. Does set up for the sequel. So yeah, perhaps a little a little lazy. Um I don't know. Yeah, a little for a little forgettable. I mean, I watched just finished it an hour ago and I'm I can tell I'm gonna forget it pretty soon. I'll give it about the same as you, a five. So you're telling me you gave acting a five and an ending a five, and you assume you're going to give a score bigger than my score? Yes. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go first then, so we'll end, we'll end on a positive note. Okay. So wow. sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm so sorry. I just kicked something. Um, okay. So like I said before, this movie had a lot of expectations for me, 
Mm-hmm. I saw Rotten Tomato score twenty nine percent, and I'm like, oh, it's not going to be good. But then I was told firsthand that no, it's it's a great movie. Uh, I remember it. You'll you'll like it. Um, it's met with a lot of praise. I thought the visual effects weren't bad. Like they're pretty decent for a 2004 movie. Little surprise. Some parts were obviously green screen, but like that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they packed a lot of story and action into the two hours. And I guess that's good for some people like yourself who love action movies. But I'm getting older now and I like, I like breaks. Mm-hmm. I can't just sit. Maybe that's why I haven't watched many of the Fast and the Furious movies. But I just can't can't sit and, and watch something like that for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting wasn't all that great. Um, and unlike yourself, it did not make me want to watch the first or third movies in the franchise. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a 5 out of 10. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I'd just like to say I'd address something that you said. I, I don't love action films. I just go into them with, uh, I think, the right state of mind and enjoy them for what they are, but I don't seek them out usually. Didn't you say that um, Rush Hour is your favorite movie franchise? I have never said that. I don't even like Rush Hour 1 very much. Rush, I really like Rush Hour 2, and I like Jackie Chan. Interesting. But, um, yeah. And, and anywho... I like, I mean, I like some action comedies, which I would classify those as, I wouldn't classify this as an action comedy. That's for sure. Um, yeah, but, but seeing it as an action film and, and perhaps ignoring the acting a little more because of that, I was able to appreciate things like the set and the costuming. And actually I was, I didn't mention this. The sound design was very good as well. I was watching this with headphones. It sounded awesome. And I could tell that there was a big budget. And I, one of the few times I think where I've like, there's been a big budget. And I'm like, I kind of like appreciated that there was a big budget. Like I could tell there was. And I was like glad for it because it made the film better, I thought. And I did like that there was, there was a lot of action and not very much downtime. I think the downtime is what kills these types of movies sometimes. But this movie didn't, didn't really, um, didn't, didn't struggle with that. That's for sure. Um, lots of fighting. There was some, I mean, there were some ridiculous fight sequences. I mean, Riddick like does a suplex on a guy. There was a full on suplex. And I thought that was, I laughed out loud when I saw that. So it was a little over the top at times, but I, I could appreciate it. And, um, so yeah, I guess, I guess taking those all into account, the score might surprise you a little, but maybe not that much. I'm giving this movie a 6.5 out of 10. Um, okay. That, yeah, that's great. I found it. I've definitely found it enjoyable. It was not boring. And that's all that, that you really wanted of a, out of a movie. Yeah. Out of an action movie. Anyway, I think it's like bad action movies are boring. This was not boring. It's the second week in a row that you've, um, You've picked a bigger score than mine. Well, things are changing around here. 
The Chronicles of Riddick. Our first Vin Diesel movie, probably. Our last, maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Thank you so much uh, for giving your opinion. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the next Your Mother Might Die, the podcast. Which you're the host of. Yeah, one of them, anyway. Circling the, the joke from the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then we got to get to the movie for next week. Um, if you could tell me, I'm just assuming you you haven't seen this movie. I don't know if you have or not. Okay. I'm going to assume you haven't. Okay. But if who is your favorite superhero? Who is my favorite superhero like in like of all time? Not film depicted, but just like in general. Just of all time, yeah. The Flash. Okay, who's your favorite Marvel superhero? Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I guess, Captain America. Oh, that's a great answer, Captain America. Chris Evans, a wonderful actor, stars in our next film. Uh, 2013 film that comes from the same mind as uh, Parasite. It's from the same director and writer of Parasite. Okay. It's a, apparently it's been, it's being made or it is made into a TV show that I just found out about while Googling the movie name recently. Mm -hmm. We're watching the 2013 movie Snowpiercer. Okay. Available on Amazon Prime. Um, it's uh, Boom, Bong Joon-ho, uh, the Parasite guy. Yeah. Tilda Swinton's in it. Uh, it's mostly in English. It's apparently 80. They made a... Um, on the Wikipedia, it says it's almost 85% of the film's dialogue is in English. So, subtitles on for this one. Okay. It... Had a budget of forty million, one of the most expensive South Korean productions ever. Hmm. I know it doesn't matter to you, but it has a very high Rotten Tomato score. Right, I can see that. I'm looking at it now. I like movies on trains. I know very little about it, but I. It seems like it's, it's, um, very very popular movie. It's a. It's a movie with a lot of praise, I should say. Well, I'm excited for it. I it looks it looks good. I think I've I've heard of it, but definitely not seen any any clips from it, any uh, anything beyond that. It does have a two hour time, uh, which you know will be good if you have to visit the hospital anytime soon. Yes, if I I'll, I'll keep it in my back pocket. For as late as I possibly can, in case I do have to go to the hospital. I also have to tell you that I can't. Um, I can't actually do the podcast next Wednesday. Okay. Um, but that's not for this podcast. I don't know why I've included it in the podcast, but just so we all know, um, 
we can't do it the same the same day and time. So okay. <sighs> Episode fifty two. Chronicles of Verdict, thank you so much for choosing it. You're very welcome. Thank you very very much for watching it and talking about it. I do want to watch The Lobster at some point. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those movies that like, it's like The Lighthouse now at this point. Mm -hmm. It just, I want to, it's a movie I want to see because I've heard things about it, but I just... It's never been on the top of the list of things to watch when I have an opportunity to watch something. Well, get to it. Earlier I said that the podcast would be 53 minutes and 50 seconds and, you know. That's a minute from now. Pretty close, yeah. Uh, what, What can we talk about? Uh... So, baseball season, huh? It's coming up. Oh, I'm so it's, it's Shohei Otani and hey, uh, good old Mike Trout. Mike Trout, yeah, good, good. Um, big uh, Los Angeles Angels fan, huh? I love them. They're gonna win the whole thing. They got the two best players. What's the last video game you played? The last video game I played. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I bought. Don't really. um, so, so I have a, a Nintendo Switch, uh-huh. and uh, I was. I have a lot of spare time these days while working because I have to. I have to work until at least five o'clock, and a lot of times I finish delivering before five o'clock. So I normally have about an hour, an hour and a half to kill time. So I was looking to buy. A video game and just you know bring my switch and play mm-hmm. while i wait mm-hmm. and i noticed that um there are three grand theft auto games um on sale for 40 dollars. oh really grand theft auto 3 vice city and san andreas classics so i bought that yeah and I'm, I'm working my way through them right now i would say that grand theft auto 3 is one of the games i have probably the most hours in out of any video game I've ever played. I've I'm played about twenty percent done, and it's very easy. A lot easier than I remember it being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just I'm just remember trying to get the five, getting five stars, and just and also like trying to get to the other islands early, mm-hmm. which I got very good at doing because there's a place you can go steal a boat, and then there's also a place you can go steal a plane. But yes, that was always a lot of fun getting a banshee. Driving around real fast. Yeah, great game. Great series. Great episode of the podcast. And that's all, you know, we want. So that's all you could really ask for. Yeah, so I guess thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, I guess. You're welcome. You, me, the listeners. We appreciate it. Yeah, Greg and Ben, I want you to perhaps tell me what you thought of this episode. Give me, give me three. No, give me one thing you liked and one thing you didn't like about this episode. Um, yeah, some constructive criticism. Yeah, but oh, make sure you, you, it's constructive. If it's not constructive, there will be hell to pay. 
That's like a perfect episode, so I don't know what could have been better, but I know. It was very your mother ate my dogish. Yeah, we look forward to coming back next week, episode fifty three. Snowpiercer. Looking forward to it. Amazon Prime. Not a sponsor. Okay, see uh, see ya? Yeah, sure, goodbye.